the college football season is officially over, and the LSU Tigers are the college football national champions. We started Let's the Blue Bloods. <laughs> we started the Blue Bloods all the way back in August, covering Florida and Miami, and here we are, forty-seven, almost forty-eight episodes later, covering the national championship between LSU and Clemson. Only one segment today, but it's the only topic anyone cares to hear about. So how did Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers dominate and knock off the Clemson Tigers in New Orleans to win their fourth national championship? We cover the biggest game of the year. It's going to be a big, packed episode, so let's get it rolling. Big game tonight, guys. We're working hard. It is currently 1 o'clock in the morning. We are here recording episode for you guys after this national championship game. How to get some stuff rolling. We're getting this episode out before the morning comes to offer you guys the most up-to-date content. So we'll probably be the first podcast to drop to cover this huge game. We're going to start out. We don't have segments. We're going to start out with just final thoughts, your, maybe our first thoughts of the podcast of this game. I'll kick this off because Mr. Joe Burrow has officially secured his spot for the best season of all time with his performance tonight. I'll be honest Uh, with you. This is – Joe Burrow's season this year has been incredible. His wide receivers have been outstanding. I just like – if you think about it in the history of college football – who else has been more incredible than this LSU Tigers team? Uh, none. I mean, this is just insane. I mean, in case you guys are wondering, Burrow had over f- almost 500 yards passing and five touchdowns. Which is insane because his over-under was 365 point, or and a half yards. Um, you know, I was kind of on the border of that. I did not make a bet on this game because I'm kind of cursed right now. Uh, I would not make a bet on this game. Um, but if I had to, I would have bet under 463 yards. It's incredible in the national championship. Are you kidding me? Five touchdowns total by Joe Burrow. Insane. Yeah, I mean, this guy, in case you guys don't know, this puts him over 60 passing touchdowns on the year, over 500, over 5,500 yards. Passing in the year, guys. That is that is almost six thousand yards. Uh, this guy's going to be a legend in Louisiana, especially Baton Rouge forever. And Baton Rouge better be working on a statue tonight because I better see one in the morning because that's how quick this thing needs to get up. The uh, okay, so you know we've grown up with some great players. I mean, we've seen Tim Tebow, Cam Newton. Um, Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. We've seen some legendary quarterbacks in our time. Um, But I have never seen a guy change the culture of a program and the perception of a program like Joe Burrow did for LSU this year. Which Which is absolutely insane because Joe Burrow, between last year and this year, 
has been a total 360. I mean, he was absolutely amazing. I mean, he was good last year. This year, he's been absolutely amazing. He's been a Heisman Trophy winner. He has, I mean, just shattered records. I'm going to start with this, this high, I mean, this national championship performance alone. 463 yards and five touchdowns this is incredible. Um, I think his over-under was 365 and a half yards. I mean, he shattered it. Yeah, and I mean, in case you guys don't know, Brandon's diehard LSU fan. It's been a long night for him. He meant 180. 360 would mean they just ended up right back in the same spot. You have to stop at 180 to make a complete turn. Um, yeah, it's but you, got, you guys know what he meant. Um, but you know, to move to the other side um, of the field to another team that has no reason to hang their head, uh, we have Clemson at just loads and loads of talent, guys. But they were outplayed tonight. Uh, they, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, had to step it up. He had, he made a lot of mistakes. He overthrew 13 passes in the game, which was an FBS high this year tied with a UNLV quarterback, and I believe UNLV won one game this year. And, I mean, he had no help either. The O-line did not block well. He was under pressure a lot. They didn't sack him, but they were in his face constantly if you watch this game. And Etienne got shut down the second half. He uh, he had a huge first half. He was effective. He was involved in the in the scheme, in the in the – I guess, game plan. But in the second half, LSU shut him down, and it looked like Clemson abandoned him, which I think was one of Clemson's, you know, biggest mistakes. And then, you know, early in the game, Venables, you know, did that 3-1-7 look kind of uh, like Auburn had when they held LSU to 23 points, and it worked early. But it was not great down the stretch, and it was very inconsistent. They were inconsistent with their blitzes and getting to Burrow, and they were inconsistent in their coverage. It was it was almost a hit or miss type defense for Venables and this Clemson team tonight, and that's not gonna that's not gonna lead you to a win in a game like this. No, absolutely not. I mean, I mean, I was sitting here watching the entire game. I'll be honest with you, <laughs> I wasn't one hundred percent there, but you know, the difference in the first half and second half was absolutely astounding. Um, this Clemson offense looked a lot better in the first half to me. The second half. You know, they some kind of they somehow kind of died down, in my opinion. Uh, LSU kind of dominated. Uh, other than that, you know, I don't have a whole lot more to say. But you know, this this Clemson offense, I feel like could have done a lot more. Um, you know, Jeff Scott has a lot more in his game plan. Dabo Swinney, even if he was calling the plays, has a lot more in his game plan. Um. You know, this is just a little bit disappointing to me. You know, as an LSU fan, you know, obviously I love to see it. You know, a 42 to 25 win for LSU in the national championship game, incredible. But I would have loved to see a game that went into overtime, um, a game that went into the last final minutes. Uh, that's just not what we got out of this game. No, it's it's not. Uh... You know, uh, you just you have to give it up to LSU, man. I mean, they, they they played one heck of a game. And that second quarter explosion, I mean, because, you know, the first quarter Clemson uh, had a, played a really, really good quarter. Uh, you know, they I think LSU had 28 yards on 14 plays. 
going into that uh, four-play 70-yard drive where uh, Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase straight up the sidelines. And Jamar Chase, uh, we'll get to him in just a minute, but just the X factor today. And that I think that broke the game out. Uh, yeah, Clemson jumped out 17-7, but – you know, outside of that 52-yard pass, I mean, they could have been looking at a 17-0 deficit. And the the I guess the strategy of the game and the flow of the game would have been thrown way off if that if that pass doesn't connect like it did. No, you mean you're definitely right. Um, you know, I was watching this game as an LSU fan. I mean, and so it's obviously not going to be as objective as uh, Zach watching this game. You know, because the entire first half, even though LSU was winning at the half, I mean, what was it? It was like 28-17 LSU was yep. winning at the first half. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching this game as if LSU was losing, right? Yeah. Uh, I, half, well, I mean, it, it, was, it was definitely a struggle for me. I mean, Clemson looked great all the way through. The fourth quarter, they were absolutely shut down. And, I mean, this LSU team looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, but you got to think. I mean, it's yeah, it was twenty eight seventeen. Uh, but LSU scored twenty one points in about nine minutes to end the second quarter. I mean, they just went on a run where Joe Burrow in this offense was just unstoppable. Clemson could not move the ball, and that kind of signaled the beginning of the end for Clemson. I mean, it even though the game wasn't over at that point, it kind of was a you know, it, it was a look into the future of what this game was going to bring Clemson. Uh, LSU's defense made a lot of plays. I mean, LSU outgained Clemson 628 yards to 394 yards. Right. I mean, they almost doubled them. Um, yeah, and, and they also won the time of possession battle, holding the ball for almost 35 minutes of the game, too. Right. Um, which is crazy to me because, I mean, obviously as an LSU fan, I'm not going to see this this way. And I was talking to my friends, you know, I was watching this game with a couple of friends, you know, they came over to my apartment, whatever. Um, we were talking about how, you know, how we would see this game as a fan opposed to how they would see this game as a neutral party. Um, as a neutral party, you definitely see this game in a more objective way. Uh, you see this game you know, as more of an LSU kind of, uh, I don't know, more of a um, a way that they possess the ball. Uh, I guess 35 minutes of this game. I'm sorry. I-, I need to apologize real quick. This is terrible analysis by me. Probably the worst analysis of the entire year. Uh, Zach, go ahead and leave this game because I don't need to talk anymore. <laughs> you guys can tell Brandon uh... – been busy celebrating. He he's emotional right now, guys. It's been a while since he's got to celebrate a national championship. I mean, it's still, been but, thirteen years. It's thirteen years. It's insane. Yeah, bro. My little my two little brothers aren't even thirteen yet. That's what I'm saying. I mean, my little brother is fourteen. He was like, dude. He was barely old enough to even realize what was happening the last time LSU won the national championship. <laughs> uh, man, so a cool staff that actually came out after the game that I don't think a lot of people were aware of. Um, LSU was the first team um, ever to beat all four preseason top four teams. They uh, they beat Alabama um, in the middle of the season. I believe it was the first week in November. They beat Clemson, to, uh, you know, this tonight, and they beat Georgia 
in the SEC championship, and they beat Oklahoma in the playoffs. And against these top four teams, their average margin of victory was 21 points. Yeah, I mean, and the absolutely, I mean, insane thing to me is that LSU, if you would have asked me preseason where they would be ranked at the end of the season, I would have put them in like, you know, the top 15 of the entire college football rankings. I mean, nowhere near number one. And then they just absolutely dominated this national championship game. I mean, this is, I mean, this is similar to how uh, Clemson dominated Alabama last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I don't think I don't think there's ever been a player. Well, I know for a fact, statistically, there's never been a player to do what Joe Burrow did tonight, though. Right. I mean, four hundred uh, and what? Well, four hundred and sixty-three yards and five touchdowns. That's incredible. Yep. I mean, the the guy just had. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this game because that was that. This is just literally one of the most impressive performances I've seen. But, you know, to kind of move on for first thoughts, just a few things that kind of caught our eye in the game. Um, my number one thing, okay, so you guys heard my recap of the Ohio State-Clemson game, and I'm never going to blame penalties for a team winning unless it is just blatant. But penalties were a huge problem this game. And Listen, and I'll be honest <laughs> with you, I agree with you. And I was sitting here with my friends during this game. I mean, some of these friends were Clemson fans. Some of these fans, I mean, were neutral. But nonetheless, I was very impartial during these calls. I understood from both sides. And these calls, I mean, were were just bad. Yeah, I still – so it's a known fact that this Pac-12 crew has had problems missing calls and everything. How did these guys get picked for the national championship? It just doesn't I make mean, sense. I mean, they got they got suspended from last year, right? That's what that's what the report was, and it's like, okay, so there were other conferences that didn't make it that, or you could do a combination like I believe the NFL does, where they pick an all star team. So each ref is its own individual person, and they pick an all star ref that graded out the highest throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, like, there was no part of this uh, officiating crew that was, I mean, outstanding by any means. I mean, all these referees got, I mean, they were trashed from last year's standings. I mean, they all got, I mean, I'm pretty sure that all of them got suspended from last year's calls. I mean, they made pretty bad calls. Um, I mean, even in this game, I mean, just being objective, I mean, Obviously, as an LSU fan, I would like to be subjective. I would like to say LSU won this game outright. It wasn't even close. <laughs> but being objective, I would have to say that these Pac-12 refs were pretty bad. I mean, there were some calls that they missed that were pretty obvious. Yeah, there were missed calls on both sides. I mean, looking at the penalty stats, you had LSU had 11 penalties for 120 yards. Just an outrageous number. And then you had Clemson with seven penalties for 65 yards. But, you know, just reading off the stats, you would think that LSU was most affected by penalties when they really weren't. The penalties LSU got really didn't change the game, while it seemed like all the biggest missed calls or ticky-tacky calls went against Clemson in this game. And it, I wouldn't say that, you know, it's the, I think the better team won tonight, but – 
there were a few calls that really changed the whole flow of the game. I mean, it started with the horrible call on the blindside block on T. Higgins. I don't which, know. If that was a horrible call. I mean, that is okay. Listen, hear me out. Here we can argue. I know. I know you might be, you know, a little a little emotional right now, dude. Okay, so hear me out. I'm okay with the blindside block being called on a player who takes a cheap shot at a you know away from the play, like the guy against Oklahoma that hit Claude Edwards Hilaire, which wasn't even in the play. It was un it was an unnecessary hit. Correct. We all agree on that. Right. That was a blindside block. But the guy who got hit had his hand on the running back, and the guy hit him from the front. He didn't hit him at the side. He hit him in the front, and we're going to penalize that kid because the defender didn't have his head on the swivel when he was involved in the play? What I would say in defense of that play is that uh, the LSU player, who was Patrick Queen, um, what he did have his player, or he did have his hand on the uh, offensive player, but T. Higgins did get in front of him. He did get him from the side. He did make that block, and I called that in live time. Um, I mean, you can ask anybody I watched this game live with. I called every single penalty, whether it was on Clemson or whether it was on LSU. I called it in live time. I was calling it pretty fair, honestly. I mean, I wasn't calling every single penalty for LSU. Um, I mean, but I did call that play in live time. I thought that was a pretty – I mean, I'm not going to say it was like super dirty, but it was a decently dirty play. No, it was not. He – okay, that dude is going in for a touchdown, correct? You have – the key has the deuce jersey, and you have a shot to block him and knock him off and give your player a chance for a touchdown. Name me a player who's not taking that block and why that block should be made. No, I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying, but by, I mean, the, by the letter of the, the law, that's a dirty play. I mean, well, the law is wrong. They, that doesn't matter if it's wrong, but that's the exact uh, law I, this season. I mean, that's what they put into play. Well, we'll have to like we'll have to talk about this in another episode. But I think so. I agree. Five letter law, it, yeah, maybe. But, but I think even I mean, listen to me. Hear me out. Even if that play, I mean, even if that call was made, that wouldn't have changed the outcome of this game. Dude, okay. So hang on. Time out. Time out. Okay, let, let's go back to it. That was the second drive of the game. Right. So you're telling me so because that, that he got tackled at what the ten yard line on that play and got, um, got they got pushed I mean, and 17. they got pushed yeah and they got pushed back all the way back into their own side of the field past the fifty and no, ended up having to point. I wouldn't say that. Yes, they did. Yes, they no, did. It's, no, 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 it was fifteen yards from the spot of the foul, bro, and they were at the fifty. Okay. It was yeah. So so and they ended up having to punt on that drive. Correct. They did not score. Sure. So you're telling me 14 nothing from the jump is not going to change anything about that game? I don't think so. I mean, this game was you're still – You're wild. You're wild. Oh, my wild. This was still because, a okay, so here, game. Okay, but okay, at the end, you're correct. Yeah, at the end. But you're te- – so LSU didn't score till two minutes left. If it's 14 nothing to start two the play – and left. hold on. Two minutes left in the first quarter. They didn't score till two twenty left in the first quarter. That's absolutely not true. They scored with five minutes left in the first quarter. They scored with uh, ten seconds left in the first quarter. Dog, that is the second quarter. You're looking at the wrong quarter. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. 
220 left in the first quarter is when they scored. You're telling me with two minutes left in the first quarter, you have to hit Jamar Chase on a 52-yard pass. You're telling me the pressure is not different being down 14 nothing rather than, oh, I could tie the game up with this pass? I mean, if you looked at the composure, uh, the composure of this LSU offense, you're telling me that Bro. they would have been more stressed over that? What? They weren't, Dude, they weren't it, stressed at it, all. It, if that penalty doesn't happen, they put it in the end zone. With ten minutes left in the second quarter, it is twenty-four to seven. Okay, sure. That's a that that's a lot different than seventy-seven. Am I saying that LSU loses the game? No, I'm not. I, I think LSU might still come back, but that is a, that that is still is a huge call that did change the game somewhat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And then so yeah, and then well here and, okay so you're saying that seven points won't change it. Let's get to the next call that really did take seven points off the board with the offensive pass interference. Which was a totally fair call. A, f- a fair call? Dude, you are going to get burned up on this podcast. The defender grabbed him first and pulled him. Okay, sure. Okay, whatever. He- hear me out, hear me out. I would be better with a no call because they both did it or a defensive and offensive penalties offset. Okay, sure. I mean, <clears throat> to me, I called this game. I said it was going to be 41 to 38 LSU. Uh-oh. I listen to me. I would have definitely wished this game would have been a lot closer than it was. I thought Clemson had it in them. They didn't. <coughs> and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say that this officiating crew was outstanding. They definitely weren't. It's a Pac-12 officiating crew. Terrible. I mean, they got suspended last year. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and trash them the entire game. Dude, okay, okay, okay. I got to hear your opinion. The Claude Edwards-Hilaire call where his hand hit out of bounds, how is that not reviewed? I understand that. Okay, so in real time watching that game, I did see his hand hit out of bounds. I understand that he probably should have been called out, but LSU called a play immediately after. How are, how is the officiating crew going to call a timeout right then to be like, hey, they, we need to review this call? They didn't. I mean, they, they, they couldn't they see, have. They see, called a play they immediately see, after. Yo, they see the replay immediately, and while everyone's running down the field, they have the authority to stop the play while it's going. You see it every week where they'll snap the ball and the whistles go off and say that all they have to do is hit a button in the thing, and regardless if LSU gets off the snap or not, it has to be reviewed. They hesitated I mean, that's totally on that. Fair. Listen, I was watching this game, and I thought that I thought that he was out of bounds. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you there, right there. And it was on his second down too. So yeah. So you're t- and so that th- now now you set up third and long rather than taking them down to the red zone and scoring. Right. And and the, so and then we'll go to one more call, and I I, I thought it was ticky tacky because I don't think he caught enough of his helmet. For it to be targeting, I thought most of his helmet caught his shoulder. The targeting call against Clemson down in the red zone, I thought it was ticky-tacky. I thought, yes, he ducked his head. I don't think he made a lot of contact with hel- with with his helmet, and I thought it was just a bad call. And, you know, by the letter of the law, yes, he might – Maybe was targeting. It was fifty-fifty for me, but this this has to be a rule that has to be changed in the all season. Am I right? I mean, no. You have to start judging no. intent. You're absolutely right. I understand what you're saying. I mean, what you were saying. I mean, earlier this season, even on this podcast, 
that if the intent is there, if you can tell that he was trying, I mean, I mean, you can tell when somebody's trying to take the head off of another player. Um, they should definitely be ejected. But I mean, if that intent's not there, if you're not sitting there, le- I mean, leaning with the crown of your helmet, trying to take this other player out of the game, you should not be ejected. I understand that 100%. And I don't think this Clemson player should have been ejected. But he was, um, the, you know, this call was called by the officiating crew. Uh, the officiating crew that we've definitely criticized during this podcast already. Um, I mean, that's just how the letter of the law is right now. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, and like I said, that either one of us agree with it, but yeah, that's just what happened. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think, I, I really don't think it necessarily was the whole reason LSU won. It just, it, it's tough when, so, because LSU did have more penalties, but it's tough when the four biggest calls in the game, all four involve scoring. It's tough when it all goes against one team. And regardless of how you take that, it's a fact that all four of these calls went against Clemson, and that's a, that's tough, and it happens. And I, I still think LSU is the better team. And the the officiating was a, was a small issue, and the only reason I say that – so. My like personal belief is in games like the national championship, if if it if it plays out and a team gets blown out and the other team just wins outright, that's great. But I just don't like seeing the referee's fingerprints all over a huge game like this. No, you're right, and we've criticized this earlier this season. Um, we definitely don't want to see the referees deciding a game. Um, mm-hmm. I and that even go. I, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was supposed to say. I think we even addressed it with the Ohio State Clemson. So it's not like yeah, we're trying we we're we're trying to be Clemson homers. I mean, we said that Ohio State had a lot of missed calls too, and it was sad that such a great game was dampered by missed calls. And I just I think just missed calls either way. And there was a few calls for uh, Clemson that were a little sketchy. I thought there was a pass interference call here there missed, and I think there was a face mask that I thought they missed they missed uh, in the third quarter. I don't remember the exact play. So I mean. Let's not get it twisted that Clemson had got every single call against them, but I just think the overall the referees needed to kind of take a step back and not not make those type of mistakes in a game like this. You know, we're definitely you know I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm speaking for Zach when I say this. I think that we want the players to play the game that they play, the game they've grown up playing. Um, you know, throughout high school, throughout college, whatever it is, uh, we want them to play the way that they think is appropriate. Uh, and we do not want the referees to step in and decide these games. We've definitely been critical of this, especially in the Clemson, Ohio state game in the Fiesta bowl this year. Um, where, you know, I, I think that we were both pretty critical of the referees in that one. Yeah. I think they were SEC refs in that one. Um, mm-hmm. And we definitely, I mean, we harped on one call especially where we yep. thought that Clemson definitely fumbled the ball and and Ohio yep. State recovered and scored a touchdown, which may have turned the tide in that game. Anyway, we don't, we do not want the uh, officials to decide the, I mean, they, we don't want them to decide this game. Uh, we want the two mm-hmm. teams to play. We want the better team to win. Um you know, and, and even though the referees may have been a factor in this in this championship game, I think the better teams still won in this matchup. Yep, 
they did. And, you know, that's that. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that, but we'll, we'll move on to another point. We're not, we won't spend the whole episode talking about the referees, but another big deciding factor uh, in this game was third downs, man. Holy oh, crap. I'm telling you, man. Dude, Clemson ended the game going one for 11. That is a cool, crisp 9% conversion rate on third downs. While LSU went four for 14, which is a cool, crisp 29%. I mean, totally different. Even though it doesn't sound that different, you have to think about the actual numbers. Um, Clemson was just not converting on third downs. LSU still wasn't converting on third downs, but they were converting on a uh, more consistent level than Clemson was, which made, I mean, every level of difference in this game. Yeah, because, I mean, even in the preview episode, we talked about Clemson needed to control the time of possession, rush the ball, and keep this LSU offense off the field. And when you're not converting third downs, that's impossible. And it called up to them um, in the second quarter when LSU went on that huge uh, – what was a 21 nothing run? And then to end the game, you know, on a 14 nothing run, it just – Clemson's defense wore down, man. I mean, then you lose a player to targeting. Then you have a few people that, you know, cramped up. And, you know, the depth, I feel like, on this Clemson defense wasn't as deep as it was last year with all the NFL – with the exodus of NFL talent that they had. Um, You have to convert on third down. And Lawrence was inconsistent, which we'll get to in just a minute. And, uh, you know, when Lawrence is inconsistent and your running game gets shut down, it was just – it was a recipe for disaster for Clemson tonight. No, that's no doubt. Um, Lawrence, I mean, let's go ahead and move on to that. His inconsistency really, I mean, may have cost Clemson this game. Um, I mean, you just see time and time again, he's overthrowing his receivers. Um, I, I mean, it just looks like he's making terrible reads on every single play. And, and that's just not something we totally – I mean, that's not something that we usually see out of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't lost a game in his college career other than this one. Yeah, I mean – and so I've watched Trevor Lawrence uh, a good bit, you know, as a fan of college football. And just – this is the first time I've seen him actually shaken up and look – and the moment looked too big for him. Right. I mean – that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, before this, I mean, we just thought – I mean, what could you think other than he's just like a juggernaut of college football? Uh, the first half of the season, he kind of looked a little bit weak. He threw eight interceptions to start the season out. He barely edged out North Carolina. What was it, like 21 to 20? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he just didn't look that great. But the second half, he looked incredible. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, against Ohio State, he just really showed out. He was throwing touchdown pass after touchdown pass. He was rushing for however many yards. He just looked incredible. And, and coming to this game, we were kind of thinking, oh, well, this guy is just going to go off again, right? Yeah. I, I just uh, – th- this game – did not turn out like I thought it was. I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to answer the bell. And, you know, I said in the preview episode, I said neither quarterback is going to be shooken, shooken by the moment. And uh, Lawrence was. And he – yep, I like that word, shooken. Uh, I'm sure Coach O would love that. Um, but, yeah, Trevor Lawrence just he, – he flinched. 
in a game where whatever quarterback flinched first was going to lose, Trevor Lawrence flinched and he flinched hard, and Joe Burrow just kept answering the bell, man, even after getting rocked um, on a blitz where I thought he broke his ribs. I texted Brandon at halftime and said, I really think Joe Burrow broke his ribs or cracked them. And I'll be honest uh, with you, I was very nervous. I mean, halftime came around. Joe Burrow threw that pass to Thaddeus Moss um, to put LSU up. What was it? It was like it was like twenty eight to seventeen. Yeah, seven. Yep. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, LSU's in the clear right now." And then I said, "Then I saw Joe Burrow get absolutely rocked by this Clemson defense." I was like, "Oh man, he's on the sideline. He's on the bench, just holding himself." Um, I mean, he's got his head down. I've never seen him like this. Because Joe Burrow is one of those players that just always has his head up. He's a leader. He always wants to act like he's um, like he's there for his team. But right now, I mean, he looks like he's shaken up. Not shooken up like Zach would say, but shaken up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was. And, you know, to move on to another Clemson player I really wanted to highlight – uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, does it again, man. I mean, in the first half, Clemson did one hell of a job uh, holding him down. I mean, he had he he couldn't get anything going, and uh, it looked like Clemson actually focused more on stopping him than Joe Burrow early in the game. No, that's absolutely true. Um, Clemson, for some reason, I don't know if it was like Brett Venables trying to stop the run game from LSU, which is, I mean, from I mean, from my perspective, it's just crazy. Because, I mean, before the game, Joe Burrow's over-under over, for passing yards was 365 and a half. I mean, you have to think that LSU's going to be passing the game's entire, I mean, this entire match. Uh, they're not going to be handing the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire a lot. Which... You know, to be fair, they, they didn't a whole lot in the first half. Um, I know that because I was screaming at the television. I was like, hand the ball off, run the ball. Let's see what happens. Every single time you run the ball, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is getting six, seven yards. I mean, he's getting enough yards to get a first down on like in like two, three plays. Let's see what happens. And they were just passing the ball every single play. I mean, and it was these stupid screen passes. That was what was getting me. But mm-hmm. uh, eventually they started handing the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire a lot more. Um, he ended up outgaining Travis Etienne by, I mean, 40 yards, essentially. I mean, more than 40 yeah. yards, really. It, it was just somehow he outgained Etienne. Um, and I'm sure they gave uh, Coach Ed Ogeron – Orgeron a lot more confidence in the recruiting capabilities because they had an opportunity to get Travis Etienne, but they just, they let him slip to uh, Clemson somehow. Yeah. It's just, it, it was overall just an interesting strategy, uh, you know, and to move into more of the defensive strategy that Clemson had. Um, it was, it's so what LSU was doing, it seemed like, so they, they could tell Clemson, was bringing pressure a lot. So they, they put Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out as out wide to the sideline right. to bring that extra safety out, and that opened up the middle of the field for Burrow. And so even when they did get pressure, it opened up the middle of the field for Burrow to run, and he could also sit back and pick apart this defense across the middle. And I thought it was a genius 
you know, little tweak by Joe Brady and Steve Emsinger uh, to kind of counter, you know, the it was like a chess match between Venables and Brady, just kind of like we talked about on the preview episode. But this close defense did a great job when they could get to the quarterback. But they had five sacks, which is a great number. You know, I'm sure if you told Venables you're going to have five sacks, he would have taken it. But it was so inconsistent with pressure. If they weren't sacking Joe Burrow, they weren't getting in his face. The only drive I saw them consistently get in his face outside of the first quarter was the first drive for LSU in the in the third quarter. And they hit Burrow every single play for the first two drives in the third quarter, and LSU was shut down for both of them. If they could get to Joe Burrow, they shut this offense down. But Because, uh, I mean, I, I literally watched this game, and every single drive that had a sack ended with a putt, a punt. And when they didn't get a sack, Burrow would put it in the end zone, man. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, to be a little bit more subjective than Zach was, uh, because I'm an LSU fan, I'm obviously going to be have a little bit of a bias. Um, the first half was absolutely tragic for LSU. Uh, we just saw Joe Burrow getting hit time and time again. Uh, we saw near safeties because of these, I mean, I don't, I have to assume that Joe Brady was calling the passes. Uh, he was calling these, you know, these screen passes. He was calling these uh, passes that were that were long developing, that nearly got Joe, uh, that nearly got Joe Burrow into some kind of trouble. I mean, he almost got sacked in the end zone time and time again, uh, and again in the third quarter. I mean, it's the same type of deal. Elsie got pinned deep. And we're having these long developing pass plays, which just don't make sense in the in the situation. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and and criticize Joe Brady by any means. I'm certainly glad that he has agreed to a three year contract with LSU. He's going to be a great assistant for three more years with this team. Uh, I think he can take them places. But man, oh man, was I disappointed when I saw this LSU team just time and time again getting pinned within, this, within the two- or three-yard line uh, near the goal line. It was just insane. Yeah, it, it, it was just – it was interesting, the strategy. And I just don't understand – okay, so, yeah, I know they were splitting five wide out. Why did they start keeping a spy on Burrow, you know, later in the game? I mean, Isaiah Simmons looked like a spy, but then he would fall back into coverage and Burrow broke a few runs out where it, and then Simmons was too far away to really make a play on him. It was just there were some questionable calls by Venables that I just didn't agree with. And you know, last year I think he out schemed Alabama and Saban. This year he got out schemed by Joe Brady and Steve Emsiger. And I think that was you know we highlighted that as the coordinator matchup to watch. And uh, you know, Joe Brady and Steve Emsiger won that matchup. And they won it convincingly, convincingly, putting up, you know, almost six over six hundred yards total against this Clemson defense that was, on average, only was giving up under three hundred. Listen, I'm not going to be humble with you guys. I'm going to be the cockiest man in the entire nation right now because I predicted that LSU would score right around these amount of points. LSU scored, I mean, an outstanding amount of points against uh, Clemson defense. This Clemson defense was putting up. I mean, they were holding teams to 10 points a game. Um, I mean, I put out an article today about how good this Clemson defense was. Obviously, it was satire. 
LSU is the best offense they faced by far. I think that this Ohio State offense, you know, in the past two weeks is pretty good. Uh, LSU just blew them out of the water, scored twice as many points as they did, scored 42. I mean, and Clemson just couldn't keep up. Um, it was just, I mean, in a, I mean, I don't even know how to, you know, I don't even know how to put this. It was just an outstanding effort by LSU in this game. Um, t- listen, I'm going to be very uh, objective in this game by saying that LSU was the best team. Zach, you might as well go ahead and take over because I, <laughs> I just, I just can't be fair right now. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so we only have a few more things to cover. Uh, you know, uh, I want to do my X factor uh, for the game. I'm going to uh, talk about something we covered in the preview episode. Then we'll wrap this episode up, guys. Um, but, you know, I would have to say, yes, Joe Burrow was amazing. My X factor is Jamar Chase. Uh, oh, I'm telling you. He, he made every play, and he nine catches, 221 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, it, so he was matched up most of the night with A.J. Terrell. Which is uh, which was the junior cornerback for uh, Clemson had a first round NFL grade. Uh, you know he's number eight uh, for Clemson, and he had nothing for this. I mean, Jamar Chase made this kid look stupid. Um, I hope he doesn't declare for the draft because he's not ready. Because Jamar Chase made him look like a boy. Son, I mean, listen. It, it, it was I'm, insane, man. I'm pretty sure that AJ Terrell is already declared for the draft. Um, I'm not positive about that, but I think that he has. Awful decision. Jamar Chase burned him all night long. I, I mean, the first two touchdowns were just Jamar Chase running down the field, just, I mean, straight up out sprinting him. I mean, he was just so much faster than AJ Terrell on the field. Uh, I mean, it was almost embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I I, te- I was uh, I was talking to a you know a friend during the uh, during the game, and he, he was like, w- "What's your thoughts on the first half?" And I'm like, "Whoever number eight is needs to be benched because he's getting <laughs> lit up, son." I mean, it didn't matter if he was on Jamar Chase, it didn't matter if he was on Justin Jefferson, it didn't matter if he was on Terrence Marshall. Number eight was getting beat, play in and play out. He didn't have the discipline to stick with these wide receivers. He looked like he didn't have the speed. He didn't have the height. He didn't have enough. He didn't have anything for these boys. And, you know, as much as, you know, I mean, 24.6 yards per catch for Jamar Chase, man. I mean, that's insane. He he bailed Joe Burrow out countless of times when Joe had to get out of the pocket. Which is crazy because, I mean, he would just throw the ball up and Jamar Chase would go up and get it. And as a sophomore wide receiver, that is just something that you never see. I I mean, Jamar Chase was just, in my opinion, he deserved the most valuable player in this game. Yeah, I'll I'll give you I don't know, man. Patrick Queen was a stud. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Because hey, I, I believe he won it, um, uh, or at least defensive player, or whatever. I don't know. He won some award. Um, but you know, I do want to talk about Thaddeus Moss too. I mean, I, I couldn't give him the X factor, but he only had 36 yards on five receptions, but two of those were for touchdowns, and he was a big target, and he did a lot blocking, a lot as a decoy. Uh, 
I thought Thaddeus Moss played a huge role in this game, and I think he made his dad, Randy, really, really proud, man. You know, my favorite part of this entire game, and it wasn't even part of the game, it was just part of the pregame, uh, was was when they were talking about Thaddeus Moss. I mean, it was like Pat McAfee and a couple of the uh, – of the commentators of the game were talking about Thaddeus Moss in this game. Um, and Randy Moss was just straight up ignoring them for the entire pregame session. It was incredible. I loved it. Um, acting like he didn't hear them at all. Thaddeus Moss was probably targeted more than any receiver in this game. I mean, he's a tight end, which is incredible, but, I would be lying to you if I wouldn't say that I w- that I was yelling at the television saying, hey, please don't target the tight end anymore. Throw it to Chase, throw it to Jefferson, throw it to whoever else besides him. Um, you know, he was definitely an X factor, but there were certain times during this game where I thought that there were better receivers who could, uh, who could go after these passes than Thaddeus Moss. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. So, yeah, the last thing I wanted to kind of cover for this game, man, we brought y'all a pretty long episode for one game again. Uh, but I, I know you guys really, really showed out for the preview episode, so we wanted to bring y'all another great episode on this game. But, you know, I told you guys my stat to watch was rushing yards, and Brandon called me crazy. LSU outrush Clemson. They did, which was insane. I, I listen, and you heard me in the preview episode. I, I was like, hey, Clemson has the dominant running back. I thought Travis Etienne was definitely going to have more yards than Clyde Edwards Alaire. I had several people calling out on that. Even my future father in law called me out on that. Uh, he texted me today. He was like, hey, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to have an insane game. Call him out. I don't know what you're thinking. Um, you know, and I didn't. I was like, hey, I think LSU is going to uh, rely more on the passing game, which is insane by LSU. You know, Joe Burrow had 463 yards in the air. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had, four, uh, had 110 yards on the ground. I mean, I don't even know how to describe that. That's just an insane game by this LSU Tigers team. I, mm-hmm. I mean, did you expect this out of them? Because I definitely didn't. No, I, I, I really didn't. Uh, I mean, I, I picked Clemson. And I said that's why I picked I, I picked Clemson because I thought they were going to outrush LSU and control the game. And they, they, Travis Etienne could not get going after you know early in after the first second quarter. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence you know, had an okay game running. You know, T. Higgins had the one bomb reverse run where he just ran over a man. I believe yeah, it was Kendall Fulton. True. He yep. took his head off. And Claude Edwards-Hilaire came alive in the second half. And Joe Burrow made plays with his legs when he needed. He had a rushing touchdown, um, 58 yards on 14 attempts. You know, that also includes sacks. So, I mean, he probably had more about 75 yards. I believe he got sacked five – yeah, he got sacked five times. So – uh, that was huge. And then my backup stat, I said my, you know, uh, my stat to watch B was uh, turnovers. LSU had none. Uh, Clemson had one. Given, though, Clemson's turnover really probably didn't play a huge part in the game, but it really sealed the game for LSU where they could run the clock out. And I believe uh, there were two 
potential interceptions dropped by Clemson, which breaks my heart because I predicted two interceptions by Burrow. Lawrence had an interception happened. drop as well. I, I should have put money on that. I'll be honest with you. But yeah. if I would have put money on that, LSU would have lost. I would have been cursed. That's a whole different conversation. But I didn't do it because I would have been cursed. There you go. But so, Brandon, last segment, pretty I, well, not really segment, last thing, your final thoughts on the 2019-20 season and final thoughts on this game. Okay. So, let me go ahead and say this. I'm not going to trash Clemson. I never could. Um, this Clemson team was absolutely astounding this year. Uh, everyone did sleep on them. You know, I wrote that article today. You read of it, uh, read of it, uh, read it. I'm sorry. Um, but if you did, it was absolutely satire. Um, but this Clemson team honestly deserves a lot more respect than I gave them in that article. Um, I mean, this team was incredible. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game in his college career other than this one. Um, I mean, what is he? He's 29 and one so far. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's insane. Uh, but this LSU like, team, I mean, don't disrespect them. 15 and 0. That's in, I mean, that's also incredible. That's, I mean, that's the best record in NCAA history, right? Yeah. Wait, no. Uh, Clemson went 15 and 0 last year. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's why I said I was saying yeah. they're tied. Yeah, they're tied. Yeah, they're tied for the best record in NCAA history. Um, I mean, I guess if they were like Navy and they played 17 games in the regular season, they would be the uh, best team in NCAA history. <laughs> but they're not. Um, they're a regular team in, in, in the SEC. Um, I definitely, you know, I'm not going to step back. I'm not going to, like, lay back on my takes. I'm going to sit back and say – you know, an SEC undefeated season is much better than ACC undefeated season. Uh, you know, I definitely had my doubts, you know, during game time, during the first quarter where I thought, you know, else you could definitely lose this game. Uh, I was hoping not, but as an LSU fan, I, I stood strong. I thought, you know what, LSU has this game through and through. LSU will win this game. Um, my prediction obviously was 41 to 38. You know, I, I, I was wrong on that. It was 42 to, what, 25 um, yep. LSU. I, you know, I was close enough, in my opinion. LSU won. LSU covered. Go Tigers. What else can I say? Best day in my entire life. Yeah, and that is a wrap, guys. Uh, you know, it's been one hell of a season. Uh, don't think that just because the season's over, content is over. Uh, I believe we're coming out with maybe one more episode. No, I mean, we're going to keep going. We've got recruiting content. We've got all kind of content. Zach's got this covered. I I believe in him. So keep it going, Zach. Yep. Uh, So uh, look out for this episode dropping uh, tomorrow, I guess, the 14th. Uh, Well, I guess it's the 14th now, so it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so on your drive to work, check it out at work, check it out or take off and listen to it. We don't really care as long as y'all listen, uh, you know, find us on any and all podcast streaming platforms. We had our highest amount of listeners, uh, last episode guys, we broke a hundred. You guys are the best. 
Uh, you guys are G's for that. Uh, now we just need y'all to go rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It takes two seconds to click all five stars. We got a we got a few of those going now. It just helps us out, makes us feel good, you know, all the important stuff. But we got way more content. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore blue bloods. Um, and then on Facebook, it is at the blue bloods pod. And then on Twitter, dark Twitter only, night Twitter only, whatever you want to call it. It is at the underscore underscore blue bloods, uh, you know, We'll be dropping our all-decade offense tomorrow. We kind of got behind on that just because we've been posting so much stuff about the national championship. We got articles coming, blog posts, um, announcements, social media posts, more episodes, more content. So y'all make sure to check it out. But for right now, it is a wrap. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're done for now. Um, We've got a little more content coming for you guys. Uh, So be on the lookout. Keep rating. Keep listening. And we are out for now.
this is gonna be an end of the podcast little clip best day of my entire life uh, I, I, I feel that bro give it a second and go ahead